0: Well, welcome to another episode of the Business of Inner Peace. I'm so excited. I have an amazing woman with me today. Her name is Tamara Zoner. She is an award-winning keynote speaker and happiness trainer supporting people struggling in transition to develop deeper relationships with themselves and others, cultivate authentic happiness, and create a life you love now, right now. I love that part. Welcome to the Business of Inner Peace. I'm your host, Erin Jean, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's pretend we're sitting in my living room, enjoying a cup of coffee or tea and getting to know each other just a little better. That's what I love. I love getting to hear your story. I love feeling connected by the spirit of understanding that our stories bring. Today, I'm sharing some of my story, But I hope someday soon you'll be telling me yours. Listen, I know that you're feeling overwhelmed with life and nothing is exactly how you'd like it to be. Your marriage is not what you hoped for. Motherhood is harder than you imagined. You've lost yourself somewhere in the mix of responsibilities. Well, if you're ready to bring some more peace and joy into your life, reconnect with God who made you and start living a life you love. And grab your cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's show. So welcome, Tamra. I'm so excited to have you.
1: Thank you, Erin. It's a p- pleasure to be here. And I love that you loved the now part because I was so unsure of that when I first, you know, incorporated my business. And that is the piece that gets people going, you know what, you know what drew me was the now, like, I don't have to wait for it, because we don't.
0: (laughs) Yes, I love that. Well, and I think often when we're talking about what we're wanting to create, it can feel so far away, and it can feel so daunting. So I think that's why that now is powerful, because it really is, you can change things pretty quick when you have the right tools. So I would just love to know what got you here. Everybody has such a cool story about what got them into the work that they're doing. And I'd really love to hear yours.
1: Thank you. Yes, coaches and speakers typically have a a reason, (laughs) something that sparked us toward this work. And mine was definitely not being happy and starting that search of, you know, how did I get here? Because I could remember being happy and when I first started this journey that brought me to where I am today, it was this deep unhappiness and, and really insecurities and just recognizing that I didn't know who I was anymore and I wasn't happy with the woman or the parent that I was being and I wanted to get back to this version of myself that I liked. And so I started seeking and I started listening to, this was now, gosh, um, you know, about 12 or 13 years ago, where I said, something needs to change. I was married and unhappy, deeply, deeply unhappy, recognizing that I was finally recognizing that I was in a cycle of abuse. It was an emotionally abusive, very controlling marriage. And we had three little kids and I... I think I noticed it finally because of them, because I wasn't showing up as the parent that I wanted to be. And I really hated who was coming out of my mouth. And I thought this is never what I wanted for my kids. I never wanted to be a mother like I had. She's great now. Let me just put that out there. Meds helped. But when I was a kid, my mom was erratic and and really struggled with mental illness. And that came out in her parenting And it wasn't pleasant. And I had just vowed to never be like that. And then I found myself being exactly that. And it was really because of how angry I was with my husband, not at all because my beautiful children were anything but, you know, perfect little toddlers that they were, right? It was me. And it was the relationship that I had with my husband that was causing so much anger. So I went on this journey of listening and learning and personal development and getting back into all the things I was into at university. You know, I studied sociology and psychology and family studies and those dynamics and had left it all behind and not realized that I had just been ignoring myself and quieting myself down year by year. Little by little, because he said I was too loud or too much or too whatever. And I believed him over time. And then finally, I was so miserable and so uncomfortable that it couldn't matter anymore. Right. I had tried to be the Stepford wife. I had tried to um, raise my vibrational frequency so that he would raise up to meet me, right? This is law of attraction, the secret time and um, finally, I came back to the U.S. My ex-husband now is French. We were living in the U.K. I came back with my three kids. I fought to come back with them alone without him. And just for a couple of weeks for a vacation. And within a few days, I found myself relaxing. My shoulders were no longer in contact with my earlobes. Okay. I was laughing and having fun. And I remember looking around me at my friends and family thinking, these people say they love me and act like it too. This feels really good. And so I had a new choice to make. And it took a lot of soul searching, but that choice was to stay home and leave the marriage. And as I picked up the pieces of my own heart and and confidence, I found what worked and pieced it together in a program that I now use with my own clients to help them create relationships with themselves they love, with others they love, and lives they love now. (laughs) So that especially as parents, we can show our children what's possible, what we're worthy of, what we deserve, and it's love and real love and the treatment that feels like love. So that we can all be happier one person at a time. And because parenting is a show not tell job, it's so vital that we actually teach our kids and everyone around us. So parent or no parent, we teach people how to treat us. And it starts with
0: how we treat ourselves. So in and out Erin. <laughs> That's it. I-, I love it so much. I can relate to many, many pieces of your story. And especially just speaking at that last part about um, how you wanted to be for your children, and what you wanted to teach them, because it's so true. They learn so much by watching us so much more than by what we ever tell them. And um, for me too, it was that was a big catalyst realizing like, I was teaching my kids to allow someone to treat me poorly and, um, that marriage wasn't joyful and right. It, and I, I wasn't okay with that and I had to go on a quest to figure it out. So I would like, you mentioned you help people in transition. I'm curious, like what, What is the transition you most see like that people are really needing help and support with?
1: You know, most often it ends up being people who are fresh out of a relationship. Um, So typically someone who's newly divorced or recently divorced. I've had brand newly divorced. I've had people who are kind of on the verge of it and then people who are a couple years out of it and then everything in between. But that's the transition most often. Um, for the people who come to me specifically, and probably because they've seen me go through it, right? They've, yeah. most of my clients have been watching or following along on Facebook or Instagram or my website for several years. And then finally they're ready to.
0: Yeah, I could see that. So for the person that's out there, that's listening, that maybe is going through a divorce and... um. While I never got divorced, I did file for a divorce and had started that process and it's probably one of the most painful things I've ever lived through. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard. It's almost like it makes me feel like it's a form of depression in the sense that sometimes you can be so low and you know what you should do to help yourself, but you almost need someone to come alongside of you to like help initiate the things that will help you, if that makes sense. So I'm curious, like, what would you say to them? Like just something practical that they could do to sort of take a step towards happiness. Mm.
1: Oh, that's a great question. And yeah, I think a lot of people feel like they need permission from someone else to even be happy or to, to love themselves or to make a really hard decision. And the first step that I always say to anyone, regardless of where they're at on their, their journey or decision-making process, is simple awareness. So can you become more aware of the thoughts that you're thinking? Can you become more aware of how you're thinking to yourself? Because actually, Aaron, what the research has borne out is that the main difference between really freaking happy people, the happiest people in the world, and unhappy people is simply that we have different habits. And more specifically, we have different habits of thought and behavior. So what and how we think and then what we do. And our thoughts are what are motivating the behavior, right? So we want to first start to become really aware of what are we thinking. And we have a lot of thoughts every day, somewhere around 60,000 and 95% of them are repeated day after day after day after day. So whatever thought you're catching yourself having, you're probably thinking it an awful lot. And 80% of those thoughts, those 60,000 thoughts, are negative for the average person. So we're having these negative, repeated thoughts over and over. Oh, I should have done it this way. I don't know about you, but I have played scenes in my head, like like on repeat, (laughs) you know, either the scene as it was or the scene as I wish it had been. And Absolutely. Wait, right? I do Right? And mean, then it's not feeling good. So when we're catching ourselves in these repeated negative thoughts, which by the way is human nature, so it's no blame or shame or judgment there. And we can make a change to the quality of our thoughts with practice. So this is one of the things that I really dig in with my clients is we, we become aware. And that's all you really have to do to start with. Become aware. Are your thoughts supporting you or sabotaging you? And if you are being a big jerk to yourself, then it's time to take another step, which is to clean up the quality of your thoughts. And that is easier said than done. But again, with anything, it's just a practice. It's just a practice of awareness, catching yourself in the act, and then some kindness and compassion so that we can start to lean into what actually is positive and supportive in our thoughts and in our life.
0: I love that. Yep, it is that uh, that manifestation cycle. It starts off with those thoughts, and it's really powerful um, to begin to realize it, right? To start to change it.
1: Yeah, because if you if you don't have that awareness, you cannot change anything. You know, if I don't
0: know there's a big heap of dirt under my rug, I can't clean it up. Yeah. So here's the next thought because I I can almost hear someone in the background. <laughs> saying to us, yeah, like I'm aware that my thoughts are pretty horrible, but they feel like no ability to change them.
1: Well, they first have to realize that they have total control. So, one of the key factors of being one of the happiest people you know is taking total responsibility for your own happiness. And the markers of not doing that are complaining or blaming or shaming, right? So I'm complaining about how mm-hmm. my mother treated me wrong when I was a kid so I can never be happy. Or I'm blaming my husband or ex-husband uh, for my unhappiness. Or I'm just shaming myself, which, you know, I'm saying that it's all my, I don't even deserve happiness. I'm such a terrible person. I'm so stupid or too fat. Why would anyone love me or treat me that way anyway? That's shame, right? And the, the all three are just Tripling to our happiness. So when we catch ourselves in those acts, those behaviors, we want to interrupt that pattern and say, wait a second, how could I take some responsibility here? If I get angry every day because of the little things, right? Like somebody leaves dishes in the sink or they don't clean the toilet after they used it or they leave the lid up or they never make the bed or and I'm just going down this negative all the little things, Because it's so much easier to be upset about those than what really is going on and what really matters. Then, what I ask myself instead, as a person who's proactive and responsible for her happiness, is if I were to take a little bit more responsibility for my happiness, what could I do? What would I do? What are some little things? If you're miserable right now and you know you're stuck in that habit of negative thinking, what could you do? And it can be hard to come up with that for yourself, which is why I do what I do and teach what I teach. So one of the first things you can start to do is simply look for what's good in your life already. Because we've got these really strong neural pathways in our brain toward the negative, and we can create new neural pathways toward the positive. But we have to start looking for what's good in our lives already. Even if it's just that you've got some really comfortable fuzzy socks on this time of the year. Even if the, it's just a gorgeous sunset that you notice out your window. And you you notice the good and then you really have to favor it and lean into it. Because those negative thoughts, they're lickety-split in a fraction of a second registering in a way that strengthens or creates a negative neural pathway. But those positive thoughts take up to 20 seconds to register. So when we do notice the good, we want to just linger there. And if you do just that for a week, just that a few times a day, notice what's good and linger there, you like already notice yourself starting to feel better and to have more positive thoughts. Because What we put our attention on grows stronger in our lives. This is my favorite quote of all the quotes that I love. What we put our attention on grows stronger in our lives. So just start to notice, like right now as you're listening to this podcast, look around you. Look around you and notice maybe you've got a pet in the room with you and they're sweet and fuzzy and warm and just like, you know, beacons of love. Or maybe you're driving and you see a gorgeous tree. I'm in Michigan. So in October in Michigan, it's freaking gorgeous. All the different colors in the leaves. Or maybe you see some really cool Halloween decorations or Christmas decorations. I don't know when this will be published. <laughs> and you just notice it. And then you lean in and you really let yourself feel those positive emotions, consciously cultivating those feelings of appreciation or gratitude or grace, love. And this is how we begin to change. This is how we begin to reset the mindset toward a more authentically positive one. And I say authentic, Aaron, because I don't want anybody ever doing toxic positivity BS. <laughs> I want the real thing only because we also have to allow ourselves to feel all the human emotions because guess what? We're human. So it's not going to be like all good all the time. When we're authentically happy, which is the brand of happiness that I teach, we feel, we get to feel everything requires some courage
0: and some practice. And it's really beautiful when we do it. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I think it also requires being uncomfortable, right? Because (laughs) sometimes you're going to be uncomfortable with what you're realizing that you are feeling. But I do love ex- what you're talking about. I like calling it the red minivan effect where <laughs> you say what you focus on grows because if you ever had that experience of, you know, getting a new car or getting like a car that you wanted and then and you hadn't seen it before <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're driving around. That was me and my red minivan. Suddenly <laughs> everybody had that red minivan. I'm like, what the heck? I thought I was one of the few that chose this color, um, yeah. but they were everywhere And it is what happens in your mind, right? When you focus on it. And it is this is such a beautiful time of year to do it because I think naturally we're sort of wired as a society as we come into November that we start focusing on gratitude. And it's a really fun time to bring in a gratitude practice, right? Even if it's just like every night before I go to bed, I'm gonna write, three things in this little journal, something of that effect um, can change everything. Absolutely.
1: Gratitude is one of the most powerful practices for happiness. And it research has shown that it actually changes the brain. And it's so good. You try it for a week, you'll notice the difference. And I love that you do it before bed, which is when I will practice gratitude. Because then, no matter what kind of day I thought I had, before I sat down to write out my gratitude, I realized like what a beautiful day it was. Maybe it was just one really good hug from my teenage son or a good meal or a really like a belly laugh, you know? <laughs> and then uh, then I'm like, oh, my day was amazing, in fact. And those negative moments are just that. They're just moments. They're not the whole day or week, right? And I think that's one of the things that we do we generalize oh it was a horrible day really <laughs> really question that really question those negative thoughts was it really or did you have some moments that didn't feel good that maybe felt uncomfortable and could you be with those two and could you let there be gratitude for your unwillingness to be uncomfortable because that's where the grief happens right that's what we know it's like even growing up we had we had uh, you know growing pains literally yeah. they are more emotional as adults than physical but we still have growing pains and our perspective will make them horrible or like these beautiful opportunities oh i'm uncomfortable oh what does it mean it means i'm growing
0: isn't that cool I like that reframe about it. Yeah, very cool. And I've noticed collectively in our society, we don't talk about this part enough about that we should be growing. I feel like a lot of us live lives where we're okay with just same old, same old. In fact, I remember my husband used to say to me all the time, like, I'm the same. I haven't changed, you know, and it took me a while to realize you shouldn't be bragging about that. (laughs) Like, that's not that's not something to be like really proud of, because in life we are meant to grow and change. And I just wanted to offer that up that that could be a good self-reflection point, of when you're saying an adulthood are meant to have, this is the version of growing pains. Some people aren't even having that because they're not even trying to grow. They've like become sort of complacent.
1: Yeah. It just kind of stuck where they're at. And, and, and there's like biological reasons for that too. I love the science behind our behaviors. And one of the things that we've learned about the subconscious mind is its job is to maintain the status quo. So for those people who are like, I haven't changed, I haven't grown, it's be- their, their subconscious mind is doing its job. And we it actually requires us to get uncomfortable to make changes and to get our subconscious mind on board with those changes, which is why repetition is so important. It's, you know, daily gratitude, not just once every six months or once a year, right? In November. <laughs> yep. But like regular, that's why I call happiness a practice. Happiness is a practice. A bunch of practices wound up into one big one called happiness. Because yeah. It just, it takes effort and attention and practice to make changes. And fine, if you're comfortable where you're at and all is well, Cool, but if you have someone like you or for your husband saying, but I'm not, I always tell my partner, either we grow together or we grow apart. So which which matters to you today? What are we gonna do? Because I'm growing. Like I am so growth oriented. That is everything that I am. And not everybody is. And I totally accept that. Everybody's where they're, they're meant to be on their journey. It's not that I'm more evolved, right? I'm where I am at someone else is where they're at. And I actually am so grateful that my ex-husband is one of those people who doesn't grow or change because he allows me to have a really great marker for how much growth I've experienced over the years. Yeah. Right. He's fixed. I'm ever growing. And so it's a, actually it's the most wonderful um gauge for my own growth that I could possibly ask for. And so do you want to grow, first of all? <laughs> right? There's no judgment if you don't. It's okay. And I'm just going to say that we get to experience more of
0: the juiciness of life if we're willing to grow. Yeah, I love that. And so this is where I geek out because I love subconscious programming. I love understanding the subconscious mind. And just for the listeners out there that have been with me the whole time, I would really love to point out something cool about your story to help them have a little aha moment if you're okay with it. Absolutely. So you were sharing with us about sort of this moment of connection for you when you talked about what was going on for you as a mother with your kids mm-hmm. and you became that mother that you sort of swore you would never be. Well, that is, right, just helping the listeners to make the connection. That's subconscious programming right there because her brain was wired that that behavior was actually love, even though it doesn't consciously feel loving, that it was safe, even though it might not necessarily be safe and healthy from our conscious mind. And it was a pattern that she would survive. And so she was doing it on repeat, because that's really what your subconscious mind, like the status quo, right? It's what it's there to help you do. It's to help you survive. And it has no opinion about whether life is good or bad. It's only going to say, well, did we survive it? Fantastic. Let's do it again. Let's do it again because we want to survive it. But the pivotal point where she started to rewire her subconscious programming was when she moved into the growth mindset, when she started grasping and looking for practices to change some of those behaviors Right, And just even this simple gratitude practice that we've talked a little bit about is a form of rewiring subconscious programming because, like she said, we're we're making some new neural pathways that might take a little more effort or a little more time, but they're worth it, right? So worth it. I'm, I'm like, it's really cool because everything about your story and everything you've done is that same exact work that I talk about all the time. It's just packaged different and I want to help people see that. Yeah, I love that you brought that in because that was one
1: of the things that I learned when I like dove deep into personal development and and growth was I learned that in fact, you know, our brains are basically in a meditative state those first 7 years of our lives. And we're we're just soaking in everything we see. And so something I read said that when you ha- are a parent and you have children, the way that you were parented at those same ages will start to come out of you. It's like, it's just the subconscious mind going, oh, this is what we do now. This is what I learned when I was three and now my kid is three and this is what I do. Well, I learned yelling. <laughs> and so that was one thing I really wanted to change. And it, it this is why I love also geeking now on this stuff because when we learn, we have more awareness and that opens the possibility for change. If I had never known that, if I had never come across that, I would have just thought, well, this is who I am and this is how we parent. But instead, I was able to break that cycle and not recreate what my mom probably experienced, what her mom probably experienced, and what her mom probably experienced. Because I was more aware and willing to do the work to change the patterns.
0: Yeah. I I love what you said. And I love this because I feel like for somebody out there, that alone can be this big aha moment. Because we're not like, we're all going to have these moments where we do this, right? Where um, you will recognize your mom and dad flying out of your mouth. Yes. Right? <laughs> and you're yeah. like, ah, you're trying to catch the words and I, I hated it when they said that to me and now I can't believe I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. But it's this invitation to maybe start surveying the landscape of, is it more than just one silly phrase that you're, you, know, you heard your mom and dad say? Is it actually like an unhealthy way of being? Are you not proud of the parent that you're showing up mm-hmm. being? And instead of, making it this whole thing where you feel you're heaping mounds of guilt on yourself about it, recognize that this is a, a red flag waving at you, that you're probably running a subconscious program from childhood. And today, now, right, just like Tamara said, now, it's you're being invited to have a new level of awareness and begin to work on Rewiring it. So cool. (laughs) So cool. And I
1: love the word invitation. Right? It is an invitation. You can accept it or say, not this time. That's okay. And I gotta tell you, it's pretty amazing when you accept it and do the work and make the positive changes. Because you know, you you're talking to people who are who are in that state of a marriage where We can go one direction or another, but any relationship, any relationship, every relationship starts with our relationship with ourselves. And this awareness, we can't make any changes without it. And it's all an invitation. I like to say this mantra, and some people don't like it, but I do. It's very empowering, is that everything happens for me. Everything. My yelling mom happened for me. My barely absent dad in childhood happened for me. My ex-husband and his emotional manipulation and abuse happened for me. How empowering is it that I can say that instead of being a victim of it? Because if I'm a victim, I can't change anything. I'm powerless. But by saying it happened for me, would I have gone through it by choice? But it happened, and I can't argue with that, and I can't change the past, but I can change the right now and the future by saying, I can take responsibility for how I think about the past and how I behave because of the past and create an entirely new present right now and future.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. It is That is so good and it's such an invitation and a helpful tool on how you can shift your mindset around what's happening now it was a, a similar catalyst for me. Somebody said, whatever you're getting or not getting right now in your life, like you asked for it. And it really pissed me off. <laughs> I was really mad, but it's, a, it's another way of just sort of starting to recognize what you're saying, that radical responsibility for everything that's going on. And it doesn't mean that if you're in an abusive situation, it's your fault. Not at all. I just want to clarify that. It doesn't not mean all. that. But it could mean that part of your subconscious programming has you wired to accept the abuse, if that makes sense, right? To be living in a situation where you maybe feel like, I'm not loved, I'm not worthy of love, I'm not good enough. And when we have those kinds of thoughts ruling, our pattern is when we start to accept less than we deserve. So I love that because what you're saying is, right, it starts with you on what are you really worthy of, right? How are you worthy to be treated? And it's these little micro shifts that we can begin to make. I love it. I'm 100% behind you on that saying, but I do recognize it's gonna make somebody mad.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I and honestly, those triggers are invitations too. So if it makes me mad, like that's an opportunity to look deeper. What am I mad about? This is Tamra, just a stupid jerk that I don't ever want to hear from again, or probably not, folks. Probably yeah. there's something deeper that you get to look at now and go, why did this trigger me? What happened? What's my belief system? Oh wait, maybe I do believe that I deserve to be treated like crap. Oh, crap. Oh crap! (laughs) Oh, uh, I like. What are your beliefs, and why did it trigger you? What happened there? And this is when we can start to make these changes for ourselves. But it's only by recognition of our own act. Right, my ex-husband wasn't the only reason our marriage didn't succeed. I mean, it succeeded for almost 16 years. If you can, it lasted that long. So I could say that that was a successful run, and. My greater success was having the courage and the strength to leave that relationship to finally recognize that I didn't deserve it because, yes, I actually thought that I did, right? Some at some subconscious level, that was the kind of treatment I deserved. That was love. That's what I learned as a little child. So I repeated the pattern because for my subconscious mind, it was comfortable. That's what I knew. That's what made sense. And it was only by digging deeper and doing the hard work and being very uncomfortable that I could kind of excavate those beliefs and decide that I didn't want them anymore. (laughs) I wanted new beliefs that actually felt good, felt loving, felt supportive, felt kind, felt compassionate. And now 10 years later, I have an entirely different relationship with my teenagers than I ever had with my mother it's so beautiful that they come to me two of them out of actually maybe all three of them call me their best friend mm-hmm. and and now i'm in a romantic relationship that is actually loving that i now have the courage and i know my worth to say hey I don't feel like I'm getting my needs met here. What are we going to do about it? And I always I say to my partner a lot, not a lot, like not like naggy a lot, but often enough. Hey, we grow together or we grow apart. What do you want? What do you want to do? So can we have these dates for us where not just we're going to the movies or cuddling on the couch, but we're actually having deep conversations and using question prompts. There are many tools that I actually love to bring to our dates. You know, little question packs or specific books that I find are really beautiful ways to foster deeper level conversations.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Will you share one with us? Ooh, absolutely. There, like, Is there a book that comes to mind? Um, eight Dates by the Gottmans. Eight Dates. It's
1: I got mm-hmm. it for my partner for our fifth um, dating anniversary. We're not married, but we're living together. We're completely committed. And so uh, I brought this book, Eight Dates it's by the Gottmans, and there are eight specific dates. And, you know, it's around trust is one of them and deeper level trust, right? Not just like, I know you're not going to cheat on me. It's will you show up for me if you say you're going to do something for me? Are you actually going to do it? If if we agree to commit to these dates every two weeks, are you going to come to the table ready for the date or not? That's a, that's a trust issue, right? So eight dates fabulous book and I also love um uh it's we're not really strangers is the brand and they have all these great little cards and um I have a self-love pack that I use in my with my meetup group but then there's a relationship pack so it's just like again we'll be sitting at dinner and I'll pull a card out and ask like okay when you were growing up what did money mean to you you know so you just get to know each other on a different level and always staying curious, always staying curious about that other person and always staying curious about yourself because whether you think so or not, we actually are always growing and changing. Yeah. I don't know one person who's the exact same person they were even yesterday.
0: Yeah, that is a truth. That is truth. So you're amazing. I can just feel that there's so many people have gotten a lot of golden nuggets out of today. Tell us how people can find you and how they can work with you.
1: Awesome, thank you for that. Um, my name is fairly unique. I think there's only one other Tamara Zoner in the world, and her posts are in Spanish, so it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> and she probably says Tamara. Um, and my website is a life you love now. And I'm on Facebook a lot. I have a private group on Facebook where every single day I'm showing up with positivity and inspiration and encouragement to even be uncomfortable. And I'm on Instagram and YouTube as well. So you can find me pretty much anywhere. I play the most on Facebook, a little less on Instagram, a lot less on YouTube, but I have some jewels of videos, um, you know, from a year or two ago that are great. So yeah, I love I love it when people reach out. And I do offer a free session with a happiness breakthrough. So if you're listening to this and you're, if one thing stood out to you and you think to yourself, well, I just, sounds good, Tamara, but I don't, I don't know how that would work. I can help you know how that works. Book a free session with me. You can find it on my website. It's a happiness breakthrough, free 30 minutes with me. I fully, strongly believe wholeheartedly that we change this world to be the better place that we all dream of one happier person at a time and it starts with each one of us individually so if you're like oh yeah just no strings attached come and hang out with me for
0: half an hour oh i love that sign me up that sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> well i'll be sure to put that in the show notes so you can also find the link there to click on it Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to connect with us and just thank you for the joy and happiness and commitment that you have brought to yourself and to others. I know for a fact that you've made this world a better place, even if it's just you and your kiddos alone, you've made such an impact, but you've definitely made an impact on my heart today. So thank you. you.
1: Thank you. That means a lot. I appreciate it. I
0: appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling blessed by the content here, the number one way you can show me is by leaving me a written review of the show. I'd be forever grateful. Knowing that you're out there listening helps me know that I'm truly living out God's purpose in my life. The other thing you can do is take a screenshot of this episode, share it with a friend, or better yet, tag me on your Instagram stories. Remember, you are seen, known, and loved. May God richly bless you today. All my love, Erin Jean.